0: Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Into the Black Archive. Yes, that's right. You heard correctly. There's a bonus episode. Just last week we had one on Thursday. We're having one this week as well. But this time it's not an emergency episode. It is a planned additional episode because we don't need to do any more bon- additional unplanned episodes. This time we are looking at the mission to the unknown. With, as always, with James.
1: Which isn't even a real episode. <laughs>
0: It's technically a real episode.
1: Yeah, but but what I mean is we're not watching the real episode because uh, the whole thing with Mission to the Unknown is while it was a lost episode, it was recreated uh, in 2019 by students and lecturers at the University of Central Lancashire. uh, And it was made according to the 1960s production values of the time. So the first time we've definitely done this.
0: Yeah, so normally for rules for us is that it's either animate using the original audio or we don't cover it at all but we decided to make a little exception here we didn't want to make it a dedicated episode because it's just a one-parter and quite frankly while we can talk a load of rubbish for quite a while with not much substance I think that that would be pushing us and also this is sort of like a prequel to the massive Dalek one which we also don't have so it seemed a bit out of place to do it as a own separate standard episode if that makes any sense Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's it's the right call just to do a little quick one, just to say we had a look at it. Um, and I would say if you've got a little bit of time on hand, Doctor Who fans who haven't seen the recreation of this episode, because it is quite recent, um, it's a 25-minute episode. It's definitely worth your time uh, because it's been recreated really, really well.
0: It's also freely available on the YouTubes, so you don't need to get out and buy anything or anything like that. And as yeah, James no says,
1: subscription required.
0: And as James says it's really well made i wish we could do something like this i mean we did some really cool and weird things at university together we did i wish we could have done something like this
1: yeah i mean you can do like varsity (laughs) all you like but there's nothing compared to actually recreating a doctor who episode and not only that having some of the doctor who cast involved as well and having the blessing of the nation estate and all of
0: that nicholas briggs coming along doing the dalek voices this is our first in in the black archive our first time ever hearing nicholas briggs do the voice of the daleks
1: yeah there's a little bit of a modern twist to some things because strictly speaking this is the newest episode or one of the newest episodes we're going to cover on the show completely uh so that's a unique one even if it's of course an episode from yeah all the way back so Owen, I mean, I'm guessing because you're always incredibly well researched on these things, um, that you have a bit of background as to how this, um, how this recreation actually came about.
0: So essentially, so I know which. So essentially, at universities, what tends to happen is that for lecturers and students will get together and plan to have a big end of year project event thing, so students can get the hang of. What it's like to work in a proper studio environment with proper planning, proper everything like that. So in our case, I've done, we did a general election coverage or coverage of protests as sort of like a journalist side kind of side to it. I imagine which James is something similar with drama in his department because he did drama stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, we did um, individual major projects because we, I was on a screenwriting degree yeah. and screenwriters don't usually go on set. So um, <laughs> our job was just to all go yeah. away and make some big script, basically.
0: But that tends to be what production, what people in production and sort of like for hands-on kind of subjects. Like if you were training a big camera person, you'd go and do a big final year project with everyone else. So essentially for lecturers at central Lancaster were thinking about what could we do here to stimulate for students. And this is something which one of the guys there really wanted to do, one of the lecturers really wanted to do. So he just happened to know Nicola Bridge and went to him and went, mate, we we, we want to do this. Are, are we allowed to? Who do we contact? And then that kind of started off the process.
1: And it, and it is a long process, I should say, not only getting the rights to do a Doctor Who episode, because obviously Doctor Who is a major international IP that you can't just copy willy-nilly when you want, uh, but not only that, they decided to do one with Daleks in it, and Daleks aren't actually owned by Doctor Who, they're still owned by the Terry Nation estate, so that's a whole separate permission they need to get.
0: And Nation Estate are known to being so fussy about who they give their permissions to. Massively. We nearly didn't actually have Vidalict in For New Who era.
1: No, we didn't, did we? Because they still hadn't had it confirmed. Because I seem to remember that... Um... Davies and Robert Shearman, who was brought on to write the Dalek episode that we ended up getting in Eccleston season, mm. had had to create an alternative script in the event that Nation wouldn't even give who the permission to use them.
0: Yeah, they were initially going to use, you know, for Toclophane from the, I've uh, forgotten the name of the episode. Yeah, that was they, it. There was initially going to be that as for Replacement But yeah, so that, utter, out, not reliant for their story at all, but yeah, so Nation and the State are famously very protective of their rights but they gave permission they said yes we can you guys can do this and they went away to make it they tried to do it as traditional as possible so they had their four i can't 100 percent remember they had their rehearsal days in a just a plain old room because in the age of this of our black and white doctor you're right
1: yeah, sorry, a um, little bit of an... Inter- bit of an- <laughs> what I've done is I've recognised that... Um, right, I see, man, this house is unbelievable. My cider uh, radiator cover has decided to enter a new shape um, of its own accord.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: listeners, this is... um. The first half proper podcast I've done at my new at my new place, um, and there are bits that aren't quite ready yet.
0: Um, what's that going on?
1: Yeah, I was just I was just sort of like moving my feet around trying to get comfortable. So next thing you know, <laughs> the entire side of the radiator just goes, Oh, I'll go somewhere else.
0: Yeah, it sounded like you fell off your chair, so I thought I'd better stop to make sure you're right.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm perfectly well. The radiator, ah, who could know? Um but- what,
0: what was I talking about? Uh, production
1: processes
0: so in the old days of doctor who they would go to a church hall and practice for four days before then going ahead and recording it all in one go so this is what they essentially did here they recorded not in a church hall they recorded it in what looks like sort of like a seminar room so essentially a classroom with all the tables shoved to one side they did all their practising there then they went on set made all the sets themselves did all that stuff and then went ahead and filmed. I think instead of doing it all in one day, like traditionally, they did it in four recording blocks. But yeah. And they did it all in black and white as well.
1: Yeah. Well, they I think, didn't they film and cover and then they post-converted to black and white, which which makes total mm. sense too because black and white cameras aren't um, universally available these days. They just record on your standard digitals and yeah. then post-converted with a color grade. Yeah. But that's the majority of black and white movies today do that.
0: Yeah. But they did it all properly, so studio, multi-camera setup. And then they went with it. And as we said, it's quite good. It does
1: a brilliant job of creating the feeling of an old Doctor Who episode. Like, it didn't feel wrong at all. It didn't feel student-y in really any way. Mm. There was occasional bits with maybe the acting that were a little bit not perfect, but even then, I, I'm really nitpicking. I think, um,
0: I th- the thing is, I think the issues with acting, and I think at one point there's a coughing as well in there. It just makes it more authentic. You had all those problems in the Doctor Who at this era, anyway.
1: Hmm, yeah, they did.
0: So it kind of makes it all a bit more realistic. Shall we go into the story of the story? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go for it. Let's go for the story. We've we've talked about how good it is. So essentially, this is. A really odd Doctor Who episode. This is why they can recreate it without making any drama, because there's. This is the first Doctor Light story, and by that I mean he's not in there at all. Like with Blink mm. and Love and Monsters, that horrible mess. The Doctor does still turn up with sort of like a cameo. The Doctor's not in this at all. So we go onto a planet where someone. We initially see some guy lying on the floor. We think he's dead, but he suddenly starts going on about killing. And then here we go across to a dozen peop- two people. They're trying to repair a ship which they've crash-landed. Can they repair it? No. If the other guy comes up, wants to kill them all. And then... I watched this five minutes ago. I still can't remember what happened. <laughs> 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 um,
1: well, then all hell breaks loose, really, because we realise yeah. that the main character isn't who he says he is, and he's kind of been misleading his crewmate.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, they kill each other. Varga plants turn up. They realise they can't repair the ship. Daleks turn up they have to run off to attempt to record something their crewmate gets far good and then tries to kill Mark um Mark Corey who is our main character for all this who then gets shot by Daleks
1: so on the whole it's a pretty depressing ending to the story but it's It's a prequel to the Daleks Master Plan, which is unfortunately a lost series of stories, uh, which was another Dalek attempt with a bunch of other races to invade Earth um, and the surrounding planets. I mean,
0: you say unfortunately, it does mean we don't need to watch a 12-parter.
1: That's true, but Daleks, we have had pretty good Dalek multi-parters. Anyhow... Um, The best way to describe this, um, actually, I find, for maybe someone who isn't aware of this episode or actually hasn't watched a lot of classic Who, is if you've ever seen um, Rogue One, uh, the Star Wars prequel Mm -hmm. with uh, Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, um, it's very similar to that. Um, obviously there's no Luke Skywalker and there's no Jedi or anything like that really and it's kind of just normal folks yeah. who end up playing a pivotal role in sending an early warning signal about an invasion
0: but attempting to
1: yeah attempting to uh, because obviously in Rogue One they try to make sure that uh, people see the Death Star plans on the, uh, on the rebellion side mm. so, similar to that really it's a Doctor Who Rogue One like an expanded universe story and it's good fun when you watch it
0: yeah it's, it's good fun. It The issue is, is, as we've said before, it's a prequel to a story which longer exists. So we can't... The ending of this bit here isn't the ending of the actual story, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. Uh Yeah, because it, it's leading in through a big story. So, yeah, it's hard to... And this is why we're doing it as a mini. It's hard to review it on its own, really, yeah. is, because it's not intended to be on its own. But in terms of a production. I think this is what we mainly should be focusing yeah. on seeing is yeah. it's not produced by the dot 2 team at all. As a production everything goes really smoothly. I'd like to actually say a lot about the acting uh, because I've worked with student actors and let me tell you it's hit and miss. <laughs> um it's hit and miss with what actors you get but believe me the actors in this are really solid. Um they do a really great job. Yeah. With their roles. I'm actually just trying to make sure I've got the right names now. And frustratingly, I can't find oh,
0: I've got what was I've his got them. Played... Do, do oh, me... thank
1: God. Do you mind reading them out for me?
0: Uh so I before I say any names, I need to apologize if you're listening and I completely butcher your name because I'm dyslexic and I'm very good at doing this. Mark Corey was played by Marco Simioli. Simioli. Yeah, like Simioli, that's probably it. Gordon Lowry was played by Dan Gillen. Jeff Garvey was played by Jacob Marson. Malfer was played by Paul Stetton. And they, we've got the Alien Delicates, Adam Ian Berry Trail, Benjamin Clark in Edward Kelly, Gary Gaffaway, Joseph Burke, and for Dalek Voices, we have already mentioned, Nicholas Briggs, and for Dalek Operators as well.
1: Yeah. That's there's his fellow names. And I'd like to say there that, that pretty much everyone does a great job. Um, particularly Marco, who I think has because he's really leading the whole Dot 2 stories. He's almost doing the doctor role, yeah. really. He's because the whole gamut with him is that he's working for some kind of a secret service. Um, and that he's sort of buried deep within this crew and hasn't told them his real motivations, which are um, really, to check for early warning signs of a potential Dalek issue, which he hasn't told his crew, and this is what sets off the whole story because he's got knowledge about the Varga plants, which is a new introduction, and they are Scarrow native foliage.
0: Can I just say something which does irritate me in hearing story? Yeah. It, so a line they say is, "It grows naturally on, only grows naturally in Scarrow." But then they say it's manufacturers and synthetic. That means they don't grow naturally on Sakaro.
1: Now are they saying though that there's natural versions and synthetic versions? No, I think that they're based which, on the natural?
0: I think it was saying which they were um synthetic, I think.
1: Yeah, if, I mean, if the plant's all synthetic, then of course that doesn't make a great degree of sense. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt yeah. and say that it's a natural plant, but the, the Daleks have weaponized it mm-hmm. to grow on other planets and have created a synthetic version of it yeah. where they can manufacture it, which makes sense. You know, you can buy fake plants for your house. Yeah. <laughs> but daffodils are still real.
0: Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, no. You continue what you're saying,
1: I've honestly forgot where I was, cool. um, yeah, I was just gonna talk about the Varga plants, wasn't I? Yes. uh, yeah, varga plants, um, really interesting one, it's a bit um supernatural horror these, Because yeah. uh, they inject you with a poison um which makes you effectively wanna kill everything that moves, which is very Dalek, and then you die,
0: <laughs> so yeah, so quite standard, and then then afterwards, this is something which just confused me. It makes you stand up, and then you become a Varga plant instantly, but only sometimes, because when the crew member gets it, he slowly becomes a Varga plant.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it depends, you know, it's the strength of the poison, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, the more you get... They actually did the effects not too badly, considering was, as well they were doing 60s production methods, they couldn't yeah. just cheat it and do it in after effects or something. Um it's a nice practical effect. What ends up happening is they basically look like uh, a huge sort of um, cotton plant or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think the effect works pretty well. It's quite funny when you see it the first time, but I think it adds to the whole charm yeah. of the thing.
0: It's a good episode. It does contain, I think, one of the plot points we've discussed previously, which we really don't like in Doctor Who or in stories in general... Mm. When Jordan Lowry, the crew member, gets poisoned by a plant and just doesn't say anything, until it's too late.
1: Yeah, I think because, yeah, obviously that happened with Planet Giants, didn't it, yeah. with Barbara? Yeah. I feel like in this case it was slightly more allowable yeah. because at the end of the day, um, you know, he knows that he's probably a goner mm. and he doesn't, he's just holding on to sort of any hope that he might not obviously, until it becomes too late, which is very, very quickly. But, yeah, in that case, I understand why not, because, really, there was no help for him. All he would have been doing is rushing his death, really, because he would have shot him down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Anyhow, um, so I think that works okay. Um, yeah, they what do you come across th- the characters. Sorry, you you ask.
0: No, you carry on. You carry on. You carry on.
1: Sure. Um, I was just going to say that the characters do have this sense where they feel a little bit strange to each other and so the chemistry isn't really there and it can kind of feel disconnected at points when it cuts to the Daleks and the council stuff. But overall, the episode maintains a good pace and is a very good watch. It's a Terry Nation script and they ran off the production script which they had. Um, And you can tell uh, it's Nation writing a pretty good story again, which makes me sad that actually we can't watch the 12-part master plan because it would have been really good.
0: Yeah, there's some fun stories behind the 12-part master plan because it wasn't solely written by Terry Nation.
1: Yeah, it was Dennis Spooner as well yeah, who got they, involved in that.
0: They did it, from what I remember, from what I've heard about it, essentially it was done one after the other. So it'd be Terry Nation, Spooner, Terry Nation, Spooner, so mm-hmm. on. And they kept trying to screw each other over. <laughs> they kept like <laughs> sett- setting up like a worst cliffhanger to try to get. Out of and they kind of had left it to the other person. Then work how to get out of that cliffhanger.
1: Yeah, they were just writing each other into the corners. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny.
0: If that's true, that's I can't have such to a writer
1: <laughs> That's such a script scriptwriter thing to do. Like, I'd do that. <laughs> I would just be straight like, oh yeah, you think you're a really good writer? See, get out of this one, mate.
0: Yeah. And um, what do you think about the Dalek operators as well? Just before we finish,
1: about as good as about as good as you could get on yeah. a 1960s Doctor Who episode. Yeah. Everyone was gliding smoothly. Looked completely accurate.
0: One thing which did look a bit odd to me was because they did all the Dalek stuff and all the close-ups with proper model Daleks, like full-size model Daleks. But then they, in the spaceship, due to time and cost, understandably it's a university budget, oh yeah, they didn't make the full face, blah blah blah, for full spaceship. So they yeah, they with, made miniatures using miniatures, and it does seem a little bit robotic, which is the only honestly that's the only bit of my nitpicking which i can do here and i like to nitpick so that's quite good
1: yeah you are a big nitpick and so am i and there's very little you can say production wise that doesn't feel accurate i mean of course they were helped in the sense that the episode's already pre-existing mm-hmm. um in terms of the script and they they even had uh, edward D'Souza, who played mark cory originally and peter Purvis came down uh to kind of give their own experience of of being involved mm-hmm uh so they had an idea of what they were filming but even so considering they were on a university budget and working with production methods that are entirely outdated now
0: Mm.
1: it's a really good job and for me it's it's should just be canon they should just add it to britbox yeah It's, it's the quality it's quality enough
0: yeah so i think i mean we have to give it our points because this series is so small in what remains we're clawing everything we can what 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 would be your points for this episode
1: uh i am gonna uh, if it wasn't because if we were doing this objectively and it was like Mm. just the doctor who episode and we hadn't lost it and it was the one they recorded i'd have given this like a seven yeah like i think it's okay like i'm pretty solid without being overly good it does its job pretty well because it was produced uniquely and it has its own story to it, I'm definitely bumping that up, though, to an eight. Yeah. It definitely deserves a bump up for that.
0: It also, because we constantly go on in this podcast about how poor small episodes tend to be.
1: Hmm. absolutely.
0: This is actually quite a good standalone small episode, particularly at one part long. Yeah, so- I think
1: it's difficult to classify it standalone because obviously it's leading yeah. into that big story. But in terms of the elements they introduce that do only crop up in that episode, they're all really good. The characters are functional without being overly memorable, but do mm. their jobs well and are quite memorable when they're on the screen. Mark Corey, you could make a full-on spin-off thing about him. He'd be a great character to follow. I really like him.
0: I mean, if Big Finish haven't done something already, they probably already got it in plans.
1: Oh yeah, they got it plan. <laughs> they're there's starting to do. And honestly, if Big Finish don't get in touch with Marco for it, yeah, come on. You've already got the actor right there. This is an easy thing to do. Big finish. Get it sorted.
0: Anyway, so my points. I'm going to agree with you. as an eight. It story-wise, as you were saying, probably around seven, but purely because of everything which went into it. It, it. I would. I wish I could be one of those students who said which they did this.
1: Well, it, here's a question, Owen. If mm. you could, if you could make or produce any Doctor Who episode, even if it's one that already exists, mm-hmm. which one would you take a stab at?
0: Oh, that's a good question. The issue is, if I did had a stab at making an, an entire episode, I would make it worse?
1: Uh, no, probably. But like, regardless of the quality, let's say for some for some on random about... reason for a week you were the best director ever.
0: Are we on about like completely remaking it or just following a script?
1: Um... Just following a script, yeah. Just like they did it on Uh, this
0: one. You know what, I'd quite like to do it with... One minute, let me double-check the name of the episode before I say it. Okay. I would like to do it with The Evil of the Daleks. Because I want to be able to get... Because it no longer fully exists, I want to be able to get the full-on Dalek Supreme as it was properly yeah, remade. I can
1: totally go with that. That's a really good one. Really good suggestion. I mean, anything with the Dalek and I'd take, you have to do one with the Daleks, yeah. don't you?
0: I did nearly say Macro Terra because they're just a fun thing because they don't exist.
1: Yeah, true. And also everyone still goes on about the Macro Terra. <laughs> it still comes up all the yeah,
0: time. Because it's a good episode. I liked it. Mm. It's one of a few which I watched ahead on because I'm checking to make sure our f- format idea would work for this podcast. Yeah but yeah no anyway thank for joining us for our little bonus episode
1: yeah and thank you to students and uh professors at the university of central lancashire um, particularly or-
0: i i found for a lecturer's name who came up with the idea and, and pursued this andrew island thank you very much for working on all of this stuff
1: mr island if your stuff should be canon and we thank you greatly for giving us a nice bonus episode to chat about
0: so, yeah, so thank you very much for listening. Get in touch with us, any listeners, if you want to, at Black Archive Pod or blah, 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 blah blackarchivepod at gmail.com. It's late, I cannot speak. Please remember to subscribe <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts if you like what you listen to. And that's goodbye from me
1: and if you've uh, yeah and also get in touch with us if you've watched Mission to the Unknown The Recreation or if you worked on it we'd love to hear from you if you worked on it I, I'm sure both of us would be really interested to see what that whole experience was like because I mean I've I've done a lot of productions before but nothing who related give so us, yeah if you're a fan get in
0: touch give us the goosey the go- <laughs> what give us the goose
1: <laughs> you heard it from Owen give us one goose <laughs> It's a peace offering. Give us a goose.
0: <laughs> give us the juicy uh. goss. Give us the juicy onset goss. Not for I'm goose. Gonna say,
1: give, I'm genuinely going to say give us the goose just in general conversation
0: now just to see how people react. We're back to doing midnight um, in the Black Archive episodes. It never goes well. Goodbye.
1: Yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs> we will we will see you next week once again. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next week. Goodbye.